0: Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and insights you need for virtual reality gaming. I have a cat crawling all over me making it a little hard to intro this. Uh, But this podcast is brought to you by Asterion Products, a top selling company. They are on Amazon. They make VR headset stands. They make Vertex headphones stands. They make other VR and AR accessories. And they actually sent a bunch of stuff out to Amazement ahead of us this last week when we were out there. If you missed the last podcast it's it's a little harder to listen to because we record it in a hotel room but we talk about our experience at our first ever anime con and it was really fun I'm Jay Bratt, I'm a VR YouTuber and streamer.
1: I'm Matt Bratt, a VR enthusiast who misses an amazement.
0: <laughs> we had a really good time there. You know out there, our podcast, we're here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our communities, followed by some of the latest VR news. And then we discuss the games we've been playing recently, although we're going to talk about some games and some learnings from demoing VR to so many people. If you haven't seen our YouTube channel, come check us out. You can see our actual faces. We're sitting here talking about VR, hanging out in each of our respective studios. And uh, of course, if you Willow, and you can also watch Willow rubbing all over everything in the room, messing me up as we go. Uh, and of course, on YouTube, you can also engage with us through comments. And if you're over there, come listen to us on all the audio platforms. We got some questions from our community. Uh Nat, you want to go over the first question here?
1: Yes. So BDL Baseball asks, what are the top games you recommend for bringing VR to a party and having people try for the first time?
0: What are you going to be going over We're going to be going over that pretty heavily in the games discussion section because we're going to be talking about we were at Anamusement demoing VR to hundreds of people over the last week. And so we'll be talking about the games that we were using and what we learned was good, what wasn't good. So I think we'll go over that quite a bit in that section. But I do want to say a quick special thank you. DBL Baseball, a.k.a. Brandon, actually came to the convention. We got him some comp tickets and them and three of their friends came and hung out, played some games in the VR room. So we had a really good time. Uh, We got another question from Polite saying, once again, I'm asking if it is worth it to upgrade from a Quest 1 to a Quest 2 finally. Nat, you have any thoughts on this?
1: I would say for sure. Um, I You might have a little bit of a different, different opinion than me. I don't know. But I know, you know, the Cambria is supposed to be coming out soon, but we don't know the price point on that yet. It may be super expensive. The Quest 2, I feel like is worlds better than the Quest 1. When we had the Quest 1, I remember feeling sick in a lot of games because of the latency, I think. Um, especially in games like rec room that uh, have a little more to them, you know, games where there's other people that are in the game with you and things like that. Mm -hmm. I remember feeling pretty sick um, motion sick and, or VR sick or whatever Um, in certain games In the quest one, the screen door effect uh, is way worse than the quest one. The tracking is significantly worse. Um, So yeah, I feel like the quest two is quite, an upgrade, um, for, I mean, less money than the quest one. So I would say it's a great time to upgrade. You're going to get a lot better of a system. You're going to get actual games. You're going to get actual support, (laughs) um, for stuff. So, and again, the Cambria, we don't know the price point yet. So that might not even be like, in your price range once that comes out so what are your thoughts
0: yeah i would say at this point so there was a big reason when the quest 2 first came out a lot of people didn't upgrade back then the quest 1 ran at 72 frames per second the quest 2 mostly ran at 72 frames per second some games ran at 90. since then they've upgraded they've updated and now games run between 90 and 120 frames per second so a lot less motion sick you were saying technically they have the same tracking system on the quest 1 and the quest 2 But because the Quest 2 controllers are more durable, they seem to last longer. Maybe just because the cameras are slightly newer generation, it does seem like people are having less issues with tracking on the Quest 2. And we've started to see some games become Quest 2 exclusives. So, yeah. And the big thing for me, too, the Quest 1 wasn't terribly comfortable, but there was no aftermarket support to fix that. The Quest 2 came out even more uncomfortable than the quest one, but there's so much aftermarket support to get a head strap, to get other grips for it, to make it really comfortable that I think now, if you're still on a quest one, making the change to a quest two is going to feel almost like a night and day difference for you. I would definitely finally make the switch.
1: Yeah. Good thorough answer team.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We had an interesting question from brand Malin. So my vive cosmos elite headset seems to be dying a slow death of intermittent problems. I'd like to replace it with an index headset, but I can't afford to buy the whole index kit right now. The Steam store only shows the full kit, not just the parts of it for the index, though. Can anyone tell me if there's any point in waiting till just the headset is shown as stocked or as Valve only selling full kits here? Now... I don't. I've now. I haven't seen any news. So there's there's going to be a bit of what I'm guessing from rumors. From what I've seen. I haven't seen any news that they're going to stop selling the, the piece by piece. I'm guessing they're just out of stock. And I'm guessing, just like you out there, Rand Mellon, probably a lot of people have a headset they had an original Vive. They have an index. That the headset has now broken. They have a Vive Cosmos. For some reason, people are probably buying up the individual headsets every time they come out because they have the rest of the kit. And that's why you haven't been able to get your hands on one. But I don't believe they're stopping production or selling of just the individual headsets. I would think about maybe it's worth it for the full kit, though, because then you get the Valve Index Controllers. You get the gen two base stations, which you might already have from the Vive Cosmos Elite, but you can, it does support more than two base stations. So you get two more in case you end up in a bigger space with more room, or you could just run three for extra accuracy, and you get the headset too. So a thousand dollars is a lot of money, you know. I realized yeah. that, but I don't think you'd go wrong in just buying the whole kit because you'd be able to use all of the whole kit. You wouldn't be missing out on anything or having something sit around. You could still utilize it. That's true. Yeah.
1: And for a, you know, real VR enthusiast, that thousand dollars can be worth it. A real <laughs> yeah. VR enthusiast that has the funds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's uh, the that's the big one. It's still a thousand bucks. We're thing. going on three years now that headset has been out well we've got a little bit of vr news to talk about i will say the news landscape has been a little soft lately in the vr realm we got some headset news that came and went and so now we're kind of back in a lull but we're going to talk about it after we tell you about today's sponsor asterian products has been treating this podcast good for over a year now and we want to treat them good by telling you to go out check out their aura vr headset stand they actually just provided me a bunch of them and they're now doing these custom decals that they've made so instead of laser etching them which was a lot of work a lot of money a lot of trouble they're now making these glittery Klingon stickers so there's actually some options to customize them so what they're going to do is they're going to make it so that if you want a J. Brad edition one you can actually get one yourself now so hang out on the podcast for some more future news about that but in the meantime if you're interested you can go check out Asterian products on Amazon. Use code FULLDIVE10 for 10% off your order. But yeah, more big, exciting things are coming. And we've got to talk about Apple, which Apple and the VR world has not come together yet, but there's finally something showing that maybe they're getting closer. So Apple, and of course, they're making their own proprietary operating system for their virtual reality, augmented reality, and they're calling it Reality OS, just like, you know, iOS with Apple and everything else. Something just fell off my wall. Don't worry about that sound. Of course, they're doing their own proprietary thing. But basically, they have filed a patent for a trademark for that And the deadline is two days after their upcoming conference, WWC. So the conference takes place every year uh, in early June. I think it's June 6th this year. And they've said that this patent needs to be filed, done, ready by two days after that, which is leading people to speculate that maybe we're going to see something at this conference, some sort of little reveal about this headset. Now, I really hope that's the case. We've we've seen some some renders of what it might look like. It kind of looks like a set of ski goggles. Supposedly, it's much lighter than Meta's Quest Two. It's going to feature dual four K OLED micro displays, a new chip that's got the same computing power as the M One for the Mac. We. Sh- Still don't really know what this headset is because people keep calling it VR, but from the renders, it looks more like it might be an augmented reality. Maybe it does both. Mm-hmm. And price rumors peg this thing between one and three thousand dollars, which is a Probably ton of money, or
1: like three because Apple,
0: yep, yep, <laughs> they do Apple tax everything. So, yeah, we don't know for sure. Nat, what do you think? Are you interested in this news?
1: <sighs> well, of course, I'm interested. I'm always interested when it's like some new cool headset or something like that. It's, you know, what's really funny. I feel like whenever we talk about headsets, we're always like, "Ooh, that's really cool. But the company itself, we're like, like, (laughs) I feel like everyone's just really sick of these big tech companies and how they run and the things that they do. But um, I do think one thing about Apple, we always, you know, can say that. Everything that they make is super expensive. They always do their proprietary thing, which is super annoying. Um, They make them all like feel all elite in a bad way where it's like making people feel left out and things like that. However, you can't say that their stuff doesn't work. Like their stuff always does oh, work no. really well. One of the reasons why they have stuff that comes out way later than everyone else, and then they pretend that it's brand new is because they make sure that it works really well before they start have you know, start having a product that has that new, new thing. So I think if they came out with a headset, they would make sure that it works really well and it's really user-friendly. So that is something I'm really excited about. I'm not excited about how much money would have to be dropped for it because, you know, we know it's going to be expensive. I do wonder if it's going to, if it's actually going to look like we're seeing it's going to be kind of like goggly. I feel like it probably is more likely that it'll be AR because uh, with VR stuff, you want to, you know, it's going to be bulkier so you can kind of like block out outside stuff and whatnot. So, but who knows? Apple does weird things, so they might be able to make it goggly and make it VR. Um, maybe it'll be mixed reality. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I've I've got high hopes for this headset because like you said, Apple, I may not love their business practices, the way they do things, but when they make something, it's user-friendly. That's why every mm-hmm. kid owns an iPhone. Yeah, It's user-friendly. It works. Young and old people can generally always use it. Again, same thing. Older people go for iPhones because they don't have to fight with it. And a right. VR headset that doesn't need any any sort of tech savviness, any sort of ability to deal with glitches and to fight with it is what the market needs next. We need something yeah. that can reach those people. That a Quest is still a little complicated. And a lot of people out there probably think the Quest is easy. It doesn't have issues. Why would you say that? After we were demoing this thing to hundreds of people, I was I got to say like it I had problems consistently. I had to remember what weird little steps I had done. We'll talk about this more in the discussion, but like one headset, for some reason, it's player. It would never keep it centered. So every time I tried to open Job Simulator, I had to open the room scale, click continue, and then it would fix itself. But I had to do that every time. So it's not like I could have these headsets in there. people just pick them up and play. I had to set them up for them and then hand them over to them every time. Right. I want Apple to drop a headset that isn't like that.
1: Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I really feel like if they're gonna have a headset, it will be user friendly. People will be able to use it. They're not gonna struggle or have weird little glitchy things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited excited at the prospect of that. We don't know a whole lot more about this, but hopefully after June 6th, we'll have some more news for you. So hang out for that story. And again, there's not a lot going on in the VR realm, but one thing that I did wanna quickly highlight upload VR. If you don't know who they are, they're one of the biggest news outlets in the VR realm. They're going back to having their summer showcase of games. So on June 9th at 8 a.m. Pacific time, which is strangely early for something like this, I feel like they're going to have the Upload VR showcase, which goes through and shows new games that are coming out, new updates for other games, and basically all the information that they've got from all these developers that shows off what's coming. And hopefully something exciting, something new, we don't know yet, but I really... Just wanted to say, hey! If you're interested in this, mark your calendars. And if you're you don't want to get up at eight a.m., we'll break it down in the next podcast and talk about what we found out. Unless, of course, there's nothing new or special. Well, so, hopefully, <laughs> there's something. Yeah. It's so a,
1: it's. I'm trying to think. So is June 9th a weekend or is that a weekday?
0: June 9th. So tomorrow's the first, the second. I think it's a Thursday or Friday. So yeah, it's a weekday. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Why are Hopefully, things like that always on a weekday?
0: Yeah, it's. I'm. I, they do them on, during the week, I guess, because that's the business world, you know. But I know it seems yeah. like the weekend would make more sense. But I guess if it was the weekend, no one would be up at eight a.m. So there would be no. That's point true.
1: To that. That's a very good point. <laughs> People are probably just going to be watching it while they're at work, pretending that. they're Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I would do if I had a job. I could get away with that, but mm. I don't have a job now, so I can get away with it all I want. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about some VR gaming. But first, I got to tell you one more time, Asterion Products. If you don't know them already, go over to AsterionProducts.com, A-S-T-E-R-I-O-N, and check them out. Code Full Dive will get you $5 off any order, $19.99 or more. So if you want to get your own VR headset stand that glows RGB colors and looks really good, or if you want to get a Vertex stand for your headphone that matches your Aura headset you already have, headset stand you already have, then go on there and check them out. We would really appreciate that.
1: And they really do we, look awesome. People love they them. They
0: do. We had we oh had gosh. six of them. We had six of them lined up in the VR room that we were in, each a different color in a row. And it just really set off the table when people walked in, it was like, okay, this is a high tech room. This is a cool place to be. And it just really made it nice instead of having an, you know an empty table sitting there with a VR headset on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're awesome. So we've kind of alluded to it a little bit. We spent some time at Animasement. It's a giant anime convention that usually attracts about ten to 15,000 people every year, except for COVID, in Raleigh, North Carolina. They invited us out there to come talk about VR, play VR with people, and just be a general part of it. And we ended up landing on three particular games because we were trying to think, what are the best games for someone who's brand new to VR, has never tried it, may not be interested in it, any of that? What three games? Now, what games did we pick?
1: So, and I feel like it did take us a little bit of time before we, um, you know, for sure picked which ones we were going to do. But we landed on Beat Saber. A lot of people would probably guess that. Also Pistol Whip and Job Simulator. And so we're going to kind of get back into that question from the Q&A section um, because we did use this for... Uh, Some people that have played VR before, but a lot of people that have never, ever played VR before. We had a couple um, people that had never, ever been in VR and just were looking to check it out. And they had a really great time. Um, These were really good games. We didn't have, I don't think anyone that had, well, no one had any like bad motion sickness issues. There were a couple people that said they felt a little funky, but um, nothing bad at all. Uh, so yeah, I think these were some good picks. Do you want to go into why we picked these ones?
0: Yeah. So I was trying to think, okay, we're going to have people rotating out fast, trying these out. I need the simplest games that are still have a wow factor, but have the least use of buttons, the smallest amount of gaming literacy necessary. If you never heard gaming literacy, that's if someone were to hand you a controller and you assume, okay, if I press up on this controller, that's forward. You know that because you've gamed. If someone's never gamed and they're hand a controller, they don't necessarily know what's what on a controller. So whatever I was we talk about the...
1: game literacy always makes me think of Adam. And I miss Adam. Adam, <sighs> if you're do. listening, we miss you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we do miss you, Adam. I know you got a lot going on, but hopefully one day you'll be back on the podcast with us. Uh so I was like, all right. So if those of you out there who are listening, if you haven't played these games, Beat Saber. Basically, the only button you need on the controller is the trigger. When you're in the menu, you aim and point and click the trigger to, to choose a song and a difficulty and hit play. But then once you're in, you just swing your sabers. No buttons, no analog sticks, nothing. Pistol Whip's similar. When, you, when you're when you using the triggers, you're shooting each gun. So same thing in the menus. You're shooting your gun at the menus to choose options. And then when you get in the game, you're shooting people with those buttons No other buttons, just the triggers. Job Simulator is pretty much only grip buttons, really. You're grabbing stuff with the grip buttons. You occasionally use the trigger, and then you're slapping stuff with your hands. So these were three games that didn't require any analog sticks, didn't require any movement. So, of course, minimal chance of people getting motion sick. And also, all three games have wow factor. Mm -hmm. Pistol Whip has it's so fun. The music is so good and it's mm-hmm. so immersive when people are shooting at you and you have to dodge all of a sudden you can't sit there and think about how many polygons can I count or does this mm-hmm. look real? You're just thinking about, I got to shoot and not get shot mm-hmm. and it has you moving around. It's intense and it's fun. Beat Saber, of course we had to have that because people were going to come in and ask about it. They watch yes. people play it on Twitch. They watch it on YouTube.
1: A lot of what? people were familiar with Beat Saber.
0: Yeah, most people I said beats here and they knew what I was talking about. Yeah. Now, what do you think was the reason that we picked job sim?
1: Uh, I think because job simulator is just fun and it is, like you said, it's very simple. Um, you don't have a lot of buttons that you're that you have to press. And also it's really showing we've kind of talked about this before, but it's really showing how in VR you can really interact with things. Mm-hmm. And so people had a lot of fun with that. Um, I kind of had more people than I thought that did choose job simulator when we talked about what it was. Um, It was a nice one because B-Saber and pistol whip, they're like rhythm games. So people that don't necessarily like rhythm games or people that just want a more silly, fun experience uh, picked job simulator. Uh, Another thing that was interesting about job simulator was how different people reacted to it. So when we had kids in it, you know, young teens um, in it playing Job Simulator, what we really noticed is they talked a lot when they were playing Job Simulator. They were like talking to the robot. They were talking about what they were doing. Like, I'm going to do this now and I'm going to do that. It was like nonstop talking, talking, talking the whole time. But when we had adults going in and play it, they were so silent and they were just like moving their hands calmly around doing things, which was interesting i kind of wonder if it's just that difference in awareness of where you are you know the kids that maybe got a little more immersed and weren't thinking about oh you know i need to not look like a weirdo talking to myself within this room full of many other people you know um but it was everyone that played it definitely liked it it was just funny to see that difference
0: yeah and we had to have jobs too because there was kids you know Not all kids wanted something intense or not all parents would want their kid in a shooter or something. Mm -hmm. So Job Simulator is really great for for younger people, although I think the game is not meant for younger people. Younger people just have fun because they don't do the tasks. They don't do the job. They just start throwing things around the office and making a big mess, doing everything they wish they could do at home. So it was really fun. But Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about some of our learnings that we had from this. And one of the first ones was how much of a pain it is to show someone VR for the first time when you can't see what they're seeing in the headset.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I kept thinking about this is why I always go back to PSVR as just such a great example of an amazing VR experience. Yes, it is old now, Yes, it doesn't have the best tracking, but my goodness, so many things about it are so great. One of the things is that PSVR always was set up to be able to easily be watchable by other people in the room. You can play it without your outside TV screen, but you can easily have it just up there on the TV screen. You don't have to do anything extra. You don't have to plug any extra thing in and people can easily see what you're doing. There's no latency. It's not going to crash your headset or make your headset go slowly like happens with the quest 2. Um, So I was really missing that when we were demoing this and we didn't have any kind of option. We didn't have any screens that we would be able to even try um, to do this. But I was thinking about if we did try to do it, we'd have a hard time with it because of all those reasons I just said that, you know, it doesn't work the best when you're doing like Chromecast or something like that with the Quest 2. And it also can make it run slower and be more likely to cause issues like uh, VR sickness because it might be slowing your headset down and making, you know, more latency and issues like that. So, but yeah,
0: it well, definitely the made biggest, it challenging. One of the biggest problems with the way the Quest works is it absolutely needs Internet to show what it's yes. what it's seeing on whether it's through Chromecast or Oculus.com slash casting. It has mm-hmm. to have internet. And in this convention center, sure there was internet. It was about one megabyte a second. Yeah. So even if I had Extremely tried snow. to stream this thing to my phone or something, it would have been horrible. It would have been yeah. it wouldn't help me any. So the, the re- routine that we ended up having to do was I would walk someone over into the square and I would ask them, have you ever tried VR before? Tell them about the games, figure out which one they want to play. I would then put the headset on. Get it completely as close to ready to play as it was. In Pistol Whip, all they had to do was press shoot shoot, shoot the start button. In Beat Saber, if they'd never played, I would go into the tutorial, pause it, and then they would just have to hit continue for the tutorial (laughs) to continue going. I had to have it completely ready for them before I handed off the headset And still, sometimes there was problems. They would be trying Mm -hmm. to adjust the headset and they would actually hit the power button. And then when they Mm -hmm. press the power button to unsleep the headset, it would show my face and say, continue or switch user. And I have to explain to them, hit continue, and then the game will open again. It just makes it so much harder when you can't see. And I know it's not an easy problem to fix, but sometimes I think to myself, I wish the Quest had a screen on the front of it so you could see what they're seeing on the front of it. Oh,
1: That would be great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It would just make it so much easier in these kind of scenarios. And they just don't have an option for that, like a Mm -hmm. dongle or something, an HDMI dongle that you plug into something and it just uses a direct connection to that. So it's faster, less latency, no internet, like something Mm -hmm. that makes it a little bit easier to show it off to people, but then also have other people in the room enjoying watching what the person is playing would be huge because that is a pretty big downside to a quest that makes it such an isolating and less yes. social experience as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think they're just banking on the fact that, oh, well, if you don't want it to be isolating, then tell every, tell all your friends to buy a quest or, you know, get one for them so you can. That's something that has kind of been a thing. It's like, oh, man, I really want you to get a quest also so that we can play games together mm-hmm. because there's no options for like having one person in the headset and one person not in the headset or even there aren't even good options for showing people what you're playing. So it, yeah, you have people over. It's not going to be very fun if you're the only one with a Quest headset um, and you're trying to show them VR or something like that. So yeah, that was very interesting, especially we had one person that we tried that person like three different headsets, I think, and they kept having some weird issue where it just would go back to the main screen or something or go back to where it said to like set up your play area or something. And we just could not get it to work for him. It
0: It was was interesting because I, I never had this issue before, but I think that if you have dark, thick framed glasses, the Mm -hmm. proximity sensor may not think anyone's in the headset because they would Mm -hmm. just get a black screen and it would stay there. But the weird thing was finally they tried taking their glasses off and it worked for a little bit, but then it still stopped. And I don't know if it was because they had dark colored hair and they had bangs that like came right down to their eyebrows. I don't know what it was, but it was like every different headset I put on them, the proximity sensor just would not detect they were there. Maybe they were a ghost and they just wanted to try VR because no matter what I did. And then I would put the headset on myself, and it would be absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah. And I'd pass it back and same thing. And of course, this whole thing is even more complicated because. It You know, we're still being very COVID safe at this. So we're all wearing masks while in VR. Mm-hmm. I'm wiping every headset down with the sanitizing wipe. Every yeah. time I take it off my face to give it to them, I'm wiping it down. And if something goes wrong, I have to put it back on, take it off, wipe it down again, give it <laughs> back to them. And it just reminded me that even uh. though it's not, it's lovely that it's wireless, if I had four PSVRs in this room or four PC cabled headsets, it would have been so easy to do this yeah. versus trying to use four quests.
1: Yes, that is true. The only thing would have been cable management, but yeah, that that would have been a lot nicer. Yeah. Um, did you did you have anything that was surprising um, when getting different kinds of people into the headset or anything anything that I, stood out to you?
0: I was surprised at how many much older people made it into the room to check it out mm-hmm. and loved it. Just absolutely yeah. loved it when they did it. I felt like there was almost no one that didn't have a good time. There was like one one girl True. got kind of overwhelmed. Like she was just like, I didn't expect VR to be this this intense. And so it was yeah. a little too much for her when she left. I felt a little bad about that. I kind of wish I'd put her in job simulator because she chose Pistol Whip. But I feel like job simulator would have been better because it's just a little mm-hmm. more chill. It's a little less intense for a first timer. Yeah. and. And I was, of course, I wasn't surprised by it. But of course, some people came in with their friends or their spouse, and one person would just wouldn't do it, you know. And oh, the Oh yeah, person would there come. were a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. Yep. They're just too afraid of how they'll look or how it'll feel did not or something. Want to do it. Yeah. And uh, even the so other person comes to... out there like it was so good. It was so good. Well, you need to try. You need to try. And they're just, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want. Yeah. It.
1: That was that was interesting too because we would have like we did not have a very big room, but we would sometimes have like a room that was full. All of our seats were filled and half the people were just watching because mm-hmm. they just didn't want to try it for whatever reason. But we also had a lot of people that brought their friends or their mm-hmm. um, sibling or, you know, other family members in after they had tried it. Cause they were like, Oh man, I got to get someone to try this. Like there was one lady that was so amazed by it. And she's like, oh my gosh, I have to get my kids in here. They need to try it. She was really excited. Um, it was really interesting to see. It was like, I feel like the older people that tried it were like very impressed, very excited. A lot of the kids either had already tried it or they just, it's more like instead of being like impressed by it, they just really wanted to keep playing. They were mm-hmm. just excited and had a lot of fun so it's it's interesting too to see the different reactions
0: yeah some people came back three or four times throughout the weekend oh yeah wanting to get more time in and play more or try the other games. so yeah some people were really into it some people had never played vr and they're like okay i'm buying one like how do i get one of these yeah, a lot and, of people yeah some person thought they're like you guys sell these and i was like no i'm just a YouTuber. <laughs> like i'm just i'm just here hanging out showing the joy of vr to people but if you want to buy these you got to go on amazon buy it yourself I, right i have nothing to do with the <laughs> The sale of these so that was funny uh i think that if we had to go back would you add any games to line up or take any out
1: that's a good question well one thing that i was thinking is uh we definitely should be a lot of people had a great time playing pistol whip but we should definitely be a little bit careful maybe give a little bit of a warning because we did have one person that's a veteran and he tried pistol whip and he said it kind of triggered his ptsd Um, so that's also something that's, uh, good to consider. Like if you're out there and you're going to demo VR for people or have someone try your VR headset, that's definitely something to consider because that's not fun. (laughs) We don't want any negative, um, things coming back for people from things like that. So, um, that I would still, a lot of people
0: really enjoyed it. Go ahead. We also had one guy fall down. Uh, he was totally fine. But he was actually he was more impressed by the fact that he fell down than concerned about the fall because he was like, I did not think there was any way this would be that immersive or intense. He's like, I didn't think this would pull me in. And it was so wild playing pistol whip that like as. Gunshots were coming and pillars were coming. He just like had to get out of the way so fast that he ended up falling down. And I, I felt bad because I was worried about him, but he was fine. It was just so funny that instead of being like mad or done or sick of it or whatever, he was just like, "I am impressed that that yeah. caused that reaction in me." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah, people had a great time, and I definitely yeah. think uh pistol whip. Of course, you know it. You are shooting. You know, yes, they look polygonal. It's not too serious, but always keep in mind some people are going to be more sensitive to those things than others but the big hit of the weekend was Pistol Whip
1: yeah people really thought
0: mm-hmm. they thought Beat Saber was this awesome thing online and they really had a good time but people all were so impressed when they paid Pistol Whip. They Mm -hmm. could not believe how fun and intense it was. And I think a big part of it is it really gets you to like dodge and duck and dip and dive and then dodge. It just has you moving. So it immerses you so much more than a game where you just kind of stand there and react to something. So it really blew people away.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of if there are any other games that I would want to put people on like
0: for first time we considered super hot, but the problem is space. The room is yeah. not humongous. We mm-hmm. didn't want people running all around in their squares playing super yeah. hot because it would have been too easy to reach out of their square and someone else's and potentially hit them. I think yeah. super hot could be a fun intro if we had a huge room. Or if we had a really big room, I would love to set up Space Pirate Arena to where people can yes. really run around in open space and shoot at each other and play. But we would have cool. to have a huge room, really fast Wi-Fi, a reliable connection. You know, There's a lot to set up a game like that. <laughs> But it yeah. would be it would be awesome if we could have pulled that off.
1: I would have been a little bit nervous. Like we'd really have to keep an eye on people because <laughs> even uh, I was going to just really quick. I was going to say even in like pistol whip and bee saber we were supposed to be standing in place. We had a lot of <laughs> drifting going on. We had to like, oh, just back up a couple steps, go forward a couple steps, go to the right a couple yeah. steps.
0: Yeah, people ran around. If we were going to do Space Pirate Arena with four people, we would have to actually have a room big enough that they each had their own 32 foot square. Because mm. you can set it up in a way where it they can see each other in the game and it's calibrated that way. But I wouldn't trust it enough that if people are yeah. running, they wouldn't run into each other. So, I mean, we would yeah. need a 120 foot by 120 foot room to actually set it up the way I would set it up. I would not set them up in the same square. It's just too risky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a really awesome thing that happened at this. We were there and we were helping with the convention. So they said we can get comp tickets if anyone's in the area. Now, Raleigh, North Carolina is pretty out of the way for a lot of people. But because of that, Brandon, who we mentioned earlier, DBL Baseball, BDL Baseball, Uh, on our discord had mentioned, Hey, I'm actually passing through that area, helping a friend move. Could I get comp tickets for me and my friends to come and hang out there? And the only reason this happened was because they heard us talking about us upcoming and going, and they were a member of the discord. So they reached out and said, could we get comp tickets? We got them four tickets to come in for free. Check out the whole convention. They bought some awesome stuff off the, off the artist floor that they showed us when they were there. We took some selfies, hung out, and talked. So if you're out there and you're listening and you think there's opportunities like this, this is the second time we've met people that listen to the podcast mm-hmm. now. Come join the Discord. We announce things that are coming up there, events. We were in Texas last year. We were just in North Carolina this year. There's opportunities to meet and hang out, and we would love to meet more of you because it's an absolute blast when we do. So come join the Discord server.
1: Yeah. And um also while you're there not while you're there but (laughs) okay i'm really bad at transitions but anyway um consider rating reviewing and subscribing the pod to the podcast um when you do that it really helps push the podcast out to other people so other people can also give a listen and um hear more about vr uh oh yeah tell them about the patreon
0: if you want to directly support this podcast we do have a Patreon page, although currently we have enough patrons that it covers the production and upkeep costs of the podcast. So thank you so much to the patrons we have out there. But if you do, if you love the podcast, you want to take it a step further, check us out on Patreon. Otherwise, if you're listening, you can you can check us out on YouTube and see us here. And of course, if you are watching on YouTube, take us on the go with you anywhere. We're on every podcast platform that I know of. So if you know one that, I'm, that we're not on. Tell me on Discord. I'll try to figure out how to get on there. And I wanna say thank you so much for being here with us. If you're thinking about VR, like all these people were at Animazement and you're like, oh, should I do it? Should I check it out? Just dive on in.